God is love. God is love. And the ultimate expression of God's love <clears throat> was made 2,000 years ago when he sent his only begotten son. That fact has changed our lives. However, by itself, that fact doesn't change many lives. In fact, few of us were changed by simply reading about God's love or hearing about it. We had to experience it. And the way we experienced it was through people, people who had become channels of God's love, flesh and blood people through whom God could express His love. That began in our homes. You know, we don't teach our children to love God by telling them they need to love God or even reading them stories about God's love. We show to them God's love. That is fundamental. And it shouldn't surprise us to learn that God's love, as great as it is, is not complete. It isn't perfected until it is expressed through us. And John makes that very clear in 1 John 4.12. No one has beheld God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. What an amazing thing to read and to think about. God, who is love, is without a doubt perfect, perfect in all His ways, but His love isn't perfect, isn't made complete without us. Now, the word John used is translated as perfected in the New American Standard Version and made complete in the New International Version. In the Greek, it's a form of the word teleos, which speaks of something being brought to its intended end. John's telling us that God's love is not brought to its intended end until it is seen in us. But again, that, that shouldn't surprise us. No man has actually seen God. God is spirit. And there is no way a flesh and blood being can see God in all his glory. Even, even the prophets were only allowed visions of God or, or glimpses of his glory. But God wanted us to have a better look than that. So he took on flesh 2,000 years ago and came to earth in the form of his son. He walked among us, leaving in history a record of his physical encounter with mankind. That historical evidence proves God is not a figment of our imagination. He became flesh and made it possible for himself to be seen and felt and known. He did that once through Christ 2,000 years ago. But he wants his love to be seen and felt and known today as well. And he does that by taking up residence 
in those who will allow him to do so and then loving through them. We become the channels through whom his love is expressed, through whom his love is perfected. Wow. Now, surely there can be no greater privilege in life than being a channel of God's love. And that is what we have been called to be. So how do we know if God's love is actually being channeled through us, if it's being perfected in us? How can we even be certain that He abides in us? Well, John doesn't keep us guessing. He goes on to give us five things to look for in our life that will indicate whether God's love is being perfected in us or not. He tells us that God's love will be perfected in us if His Spirit is received, if His Son is confessed, if His love is believed, if our fear is relieved, and if His command is obeyed. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us His Spirit. You know, God has offered to come into our life and He's made it possible for us to become fit vessels, recipients of His Spirit through the cleansing that comes at Christian baptism. He has to prepare us to be holy, to be able to receive Him. And in Acts 2.38, we're told to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, and that if we do so, we will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, that initial gift of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. If we do what's told us in Acts 2.38, the Holy Spirit will actually come into our life. God will abide in us. But how do we know it's happened? Do we feel something coming in? Not necessarily. You know, some claim they do feel His presence, but Feeling is a very subjective thing, and fortunately, we are not left guessing whether the Spirit is in our life or not. The Apostle Peter told us the Spirit would come into our life if we'd repent and be baptized, and we'd take Him at His word. He said it would happen. He's an apostle. He speaks with the authority of Christ, and if He said it, it happened. So you know the Spirit is in. The Apostle Paul then made it clear in Galatians 5 that if the Spirit is in our life and is given control of our life, we will begin bearing fruit of the Spirit. His presence will be made evidenced by the changes that begin taking place in our life. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I was reminded of that by a sweatshirt 
that somebody was wearing just the other night. A beautiful sweatshirt, by the way. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. But you know, the first fruit mentioned is love. And some have suggested that love itself is the fruit of the Spirit. And that joy, peace, patience, and so forth are merely expressions of that love. Now, whether that's really the case or not, I'm not sure. But it is evident that when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, a new kind of love begins flowing out of our life. And that love is God's love. It didn't originate with us. It originated with Him. It came from His Spirit within us. And if we're going to perfect God's love, His Spirit must take up residence in our heart, and we must allow His Spirit the freedom to make us into a loving person. That's the first step, but that's not the end of it. It takes more than simple expressions of love to convey to others the depths of God's love. If His love is to be conveyed through us, we have to actually tell how it was shown through the giving of His Son. So God's love will only be perfected if His Son is confessed. And we have beheld and bear witness that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. While God's love cannot simply remain an historical fact, the ultimate expression of His love is an historical fact. And that fact must be shared. You know, men and women must know the love story. They must know what God did for them by sending His Son. They must know the price God paid to be able to save them from the consequences of their sin. And we are the logical ones to share that because we've been saved from the consequences of our sin. It was a confession that we believe Jesus to be the Son of God that led to our salvation and enabled God's Spirit to indwell us. And it's only through public confessions that Jesus is the Son of God that others will be able to become recipients of His love. Now, God's love cannot be perfected until we tell others about it, until we confess it, until we bear witness to what Jesus did on the cross. And what he did on the cross convinced us that we were loved. And the love we received impels us to share it with others in the hope that they might also believe in him. For indeed, God's love is only perfected if his love is believed. Let's read on. And we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. We have come to know and have believed 
the love of God. You know, it's not always easy to believe that God is love. Some very unloving things happen in this world. Even nature itself causes some to doubt the love of God. But if we are to be channels through whom God's love flows into the world, we've got to be absolutely convinced that God is love. We can't whine and whimper and wonder every time something happens that we don't understand. That's why we consistently and constantly go back to the cross. It was there that he proved his love for us. When we begin to question his love, we go back to the cross and see him hanging there for us. And we partake of his body and blood regularly in remembrance of him. So we don't forget. We cannot allow ourselves to be swallowed up by the doubts of unbelievers. We've got to believe that no matter what happens, God is love. And that his love will be vindicated, will be made evident in the end. We've got to believe the promise of Romans 8.28. We've got to have faith that God can work all things out for our good, even sickness and death. We've got to be absolutely convinced and confident in His love. Or we'll never be able to convince anyone that God is love. That means we'll be able to perfect God's love only if our fear is relieved. By this, love is perfected with us, that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as He is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. If our life is motivated by the fear of God, we will never be able to convince anyone that God is love. If the fear of, of, of punishment is what keeps us in line We'll convince no one that we have a loving Heavenly Father. If the second coming is viewed only as judgment day and not as the day our Savior is coming to take us home, no one will believe we have a loving Savior. Perfect love casts out fear, and you don't fear someone who loves you. You respect them. You want to please them, but you don't fear them. If God's love has been perfected in our life, we'll have no fear of Him or of judgment. And if it's being perfected through us, people won't be frightened into the kingdom. They'll be drawn in by His love, a love they see expressed through our obedience 
to the one who is love because God's love is perfected in us if his command is obeyed. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. Again, God has commanded us to love one another. And as we've often noted, love that's commanded has little to do with feelings and a lot to do with doing. You know, we didn't fall in love with God because we heard He had loving feelings toward us. We love Him because of what He has done and continues to do for us. We love others, not because we really like them, but because He's commanded us to love them. And we do for them what God, in His love, does for us. We reach out to them in their need before they're lovable. We confront them with their sin because sin is ruining their life and damning their future. We assure them that they are acceptable and are of worth to us simply because they're made in the image of God. We help them become what they can become because we care about them and are willing to help. We forgive them when they blow it because we've been forgiven over and over again. We do for others what God has done for us. That is love. And that is what we're commanded to do and will do if we've experienced God's love. In fact, John says if we say we love God and hate our brother, if we refuse to show him love, we are liars. If we can't love a flesh-and-blood person made in the image of God, we can't love the God who made him. If we can harden our heart and refuse to act to meet the needs of someone we can see, it's obvious our heart is not sensitive enough to respond to the God we can't see and who is therefore even easier to ignore. Let's not kid ourselves. If we really do love God, we will show it by loving our brother. And don't forget, as Mark made clear to the kids and Jesus made clear to us, our brother is anyone who needs us. We become channels of love and actually perfect the love of God when we do what John told us must be done. When his spirit is received, when his son is confessed, 
When his love is believed, when our fear is relieved, when his command is obeyed. Examine yourself. Have you done these things? Are you doing these things? Are you a channel of God's love? You will be if God is truly abiding in you because God is love. And if He's in here, it's going to be expressed. It must be expressed. And He will abide in you if you'll prepare your heart to receive Him and invite Him to come in. If you've not already done so, now is the time to ask Jesus to come into your heart. Let's stand.